Crossfade. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. The Daily Talk Show. Candace Thompson in Los Angeles. Yes. Do you say Los Angeles or Los Angeles? Oh, Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. LA? LA. Yeah. I got pulled up for saying San Fran. No oh, one says that? Yeah, well, no. Well, because it's Los Angeles. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> just, no. City. No, no, no. Yeah. I was just taking a bit of a detour up up north. Uh, yeah. I think it's north. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone, every time we I know anyone that refers to that up north, they just say the bay. So okay, they don't the ever, bay. I don't even hear San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I just hear the bay. Sam, like I learned that people don't say in San Francisco, apparently this was, I heard this on a podcast once in 2008 and now I pretend like I'm a local in San Francisco. <laughs> they say SF. San Francisco, but people don't say, don't say San, San Fran. Fran. Yeah, well, yeah, no. told me. He I don't think I've ever that. heard San Fran. Uh, I've got to say something. I'm drinking decaf. Why? And, well, because I, I don't want to be too jittery. <laughs> it does have. It still does have some caffeine in it. What? They can't take all of it out. Is it's it not possible. Decaffeinated? Yeah, no, but it's not possible. How can they get all the caffeine? I don't believe it. Well, I feel like get a Starbucks decaf, and you'll see. Get a Starbucks decaf because they have so much caffeine in their coffee. <laughs> you'll see. You'll still be jittery after a decaf at Starbucks because yeah, that's so strong. That's annoying because I do. I feel like I stuck in a bit anxious from having too much coffee. It's yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck? This yeah. is yeah. False advertising. Yeah, you'll still get a little bit of something from that. So, Candace, you've got a podcast, I The do. Struggle. The Struggle with Candace Thompson. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's endless material. It's fucking great. It's Thank so, you. It's so funny when I came out to grab you from out on the street. I hear your voice and I'm like, just, it's so funny when you hear, listen to people's podcasts. And you're like, it's like, it's so weird. Now it's directed at me. Yeah. I'm usually just eavesdropping. It sounds like it's coming out of like an iPhone speaker. It's yeah. got that. It's, it's got that <laughs> Especially with the accent. It really has cut through. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. American accent. Well, Is like it, you guys know me already. Yeah. yeah. Well, I first saw you on Joe Rogan. How many oh, people, okay. Yeah, yeah. That how was many people have, How many people have said that? Oh, so many. I'm getting, you know, I get recognized on the street from that. It's crazy. Like, he has so many fans. I got more, so many more followers from that than I did The Tonight Show. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I did The Tonight Show last year. But it's, it's a different fan base. Like, those people that are watching The Tonight Show are not on Instagram and they're not listening to podcasts. They're like yeah. TV people and then there's online people. So it's crazy. But, yeah, no, that podcast, like, was amazing. But fuck online people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about online what, people. What a group of people. To, to online be. people. It's a bunch of trash. Yeah, yeah. But a lot, I did get a lot of – I got a lot of hate and misogyny, of course, because yeah. his fan base is really interesting. He has – because he's MMA UFC person. So, like, he's got to have the meathead fan base, right? Mm. Those are the ones that just hate women for no reason. And then he's got the Trump supporters because he has conservatives on and comes and talks. To, he doesn't take their side. He just likes to have conversations with them. And because he has them on, they have now he's now attracted Trump supporters as fans. And then he's got the liberals that are also like not crazy liberals, but like in the middle, like where I am. So it's like I got all I got. I saw all of that after doing the, the whole show. Spectrum. That yeah. hate the, from the Trump, the hate from the men, and then the cool people that followed me. I, yeah. I saw you talking about it, and and I saw some comments. Oh it, God, what is wrong with people? In, like, it's literally go on his. If you go on Rogan's, and this is a while ago, like a couple months ago, but if you go on the, the photo that he posted of me under his Instagram, look at all the comments from men. Ugh. Another female, Joe, you're getting soft. Women aren't fun. Yeah, women aren't funny. Not list, not interested. Another woman, um, another pretty woman posing as a comedian. Fuck that. Like just, and then the, then there's the, you know, the, the general, 
oh, nice nipples, right? You just get, you <laughs> yeah. get those also, like a bunch of those. But it's like, Let's I can't clear, believe. It wasn't a nude. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my nipple game is strong. So like, it like, well, uh, like for example, today I'm not wearing a bra because. Nor am I. Oh, John, yeah, exactly. I am actually. So, <laughs> so there's, a, there's a surprise. Well, your Twitter, well, your, your Twitter bio is I got my. Oh yeah, my cheekbones from my mom and my nipples from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? Not that I'm asking to see your nipples, but what does that mean? Uh, my nipple game is strong you is know dad's strong as well i mean okay so here's the to be all like for a full disclosure i actually do have my mom's nipples like <laughs> but it's funnier to say i got them from my dad yeah, definitely. so i just made it like that uh for the court for the for just for the joke but yeah no so like in the in when i did his podcast and he took the picture of me like on this uh werewolf that he had the guy the set designer the set design right he just has a random werewolf in his apartment it was i mean in his little man cave little thing i, I don't even know what this was where i was it's like a warehouse that was like a giant man cave is yeah. where he records the podcast so he has this werewolf that the set designer from american werewolf in paris i think that's the movie yeah, yeah gave him this werewolf from that set and so that's what i sat on to take the picture and then i was wearing actually wearing a bra in the picture but it was more like a bralette and I, you guys are men so you don't know what that is but it's like a it doesn't give any support <laughs> it's just it's fabric and it looks cute but it's not there to yeah. for any support every man i date that's what that's, that's what it's like so i wore this and then in the picture you, you're not you have to look for them to yeah. see the nipples and this is oh, how that, we crazy zoom guys online. are he's like oh we'll, we'll just do zoom. this Right. And so, yeah, nice nipples. Like so many guys well, called yeah. out my nipples. And I'm like, it wasn't even like a it wasn't even like that. It wasn't that much of a nipple photo. Well, it's it just really like wasn't. pointing at like it's their need to say something. something. Yeah. As and opposed to just being like, 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 just like, like it. Yeah. Right. And what was the, the preparation like when you're going on to a podcast like that? Were you prepared? Similar to this, I think. Not. Similar to the Daily Talk yeah. Show, I'd say. <laughs> I didn't prep at all for that because I asked a couple of people who had already done it, like my friend Ian Edwards and my friend Owen Smith and some other people. And I was like, well, do I have to prepare anything? And they were just like, and I was like, I've seen a few episodes and I was like, I don't, it just looks like he just talks to them. So I was like, I'm just going to go in there and just be ready to talk. And I, what was interesting to me is that it's considered like a comedy podcast, but like I watched a few episodes and I was like, this ain't funny. Like they're just, <laughs> I was like they're just talking and even yeah. the comics that he has on, they're not being funny. So I was like, I don't want to go on, go in there and just kind of like be low energy and not. So I was like, I'll try and have as much fun and be f as funny as I possibly yeah. can in a situation where we're just talking. Yeah. So you were great. And I wasn't one of the creeps that noticed the nipples. I noticed the Thank funniness. Thank you. Of well, the actually, no, I'm insulted that you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you sort out the air conditioning situation? It was freezing. And no, no I, the, I, in, I, in, in my place, no. Well, it was luckily this summer was actually very mild. So we had the first week in July where it was 107 degrees, like for three days, 107, then it went to like 102 and then it slowly dropped, but it was over 90 for like four or that week. And that was the hottest week of the year. And then we've been pretty mild since. So I have actually haven't needed, I've got mm. fans set up and I was like, this is fine, but I know that this doesn't solve future problems. You yeah. know, it's going to, you know, global warming, it's going to get hotter. So mm. I still haven't got it fixed. It would be so funny how like so many people hit me up and they were like, Candace, here, I got this air conditioner, like sending me links after seeing the podcast. So many men just reaching out like, hey, here's the, here's the air conditioner you need to get. And I was like, you guys don't understand. It's the window that is preventing. <laughs> like, I know that I can buy a portable air conditioner. I'm not stupid. Yeah. But the hookup is what is difficult. Like, I would have to rig something because my windows are so old school. I even like posted an Instagram story showing 
like my followers, this is what my window looks like and this is why it won't work. They're old schools. They crank open. So mm-hmm. like they can't, you can't just sit something in it. I would have to fix something in there. So yeah. it's not fixed, but. So you <laughs> can't crowd, year, surely you'd crowdsource some, you've got this, all these people I, giving that you. I care a, about my, <laughs> me yeah, overheating. Yeah. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I should do like a GoFundMe for Candace's air <laughs> AC. You, you talk in your bio about being a mix between East and West. Yes. I mean, for someone in, a, in Australia, what, do, what does that actually mean? What is it, an East Coast person, West Coast? What? Biggie Tupac. Well, yes, big absolutely. I think that's the go-to. Like East Coast has like a tougher, like a more like when you you hit the streets running when you wake up on the East Coast. Like if you're from New York, which is where I'm from, I'm from Queens, so it's like you know, like you got to fight, right? Like throughout the day, like you're ready. But on the on, and you guys see it here is everything's chill and laid back. Yeah, like yeah. you can see, like, and I like have said this before, but I think that the person who laid out the blueprint for New York was clearly on cocaine, <laughs> and the people who laid out the blueprint for the city of Los Angeles were on weed. Like everything's yeah. spread out, laid. You know, you can just kind of like enjoy and relax. But New York, everyone's, you know, yeah. like walk, 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 fast, fast, fast. Like block, block, block. Like it's there, and there's like there's like every block. There's like thirty. 30 buildings on like yeah. one block. Like there's no space. There's no property anywhere. It's like that person was clearly on cocaine. Like you could tell they were just like, Let, we got to get the city built today. Right. So that's and, the difference for me. But like, yeah, it's just, I'm now both. I've been out in LA now for Jesus, like 14 years now. Yeah. And so you're, you're part of the LA comedy scene and Josh yeah. and I were talking, we, we heard you talking about like going on tour and, and we, we liked it. We're not funny at all. So we can't really go on. <laughs> we're like, it. We're, we're annoyingly, we've got a podcast, but we're not comedians. Yeah. But we so love, many people have podcasts that aren't comics. I know. But the annoying thing is you just, you were describing the, uh, you know, like touring or like th- that drive where you drive like an hour, like you do three oh, shows yeah, or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's like, sounds glamorous yeah, to us. Well, it's like a not not glamorous. It it's not. A, it's a life. It's a lifestyle or a culture that I feel like I'd love to be involved with. Is there any part of the culture that we could maybe slip into, even if we're not funny, uh, or are we just <laughs> fucked? <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, well, look, I know like a, a lot water of, boy or some shit. Oh, like, oh yeah, like starting like an intern. You could be my intern for <laughs> yeah. free. What we're saying is, can Fine. we be your driver? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can drive me to my road. We should one hundred percent. B. Candace's you intern can be my interns, for a my week. unpaid yeah. interns, just like, a week. I love that you keep saying that. You're like, yes, the unpaid inter- I heard it the first time. Yeah, no, yeah. I had to, my unpaid, yeah. just so there's no confusion no, yeah. and there's no, 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 not suing me after all this is said. But a week, come on, guys, yeah, you got to give do, me at least a month. Yeah, yeah, we could do a month. Yeah. yeah so what? What is the? Um, what is it that you like about the, the the culture, and what is stuff that you'd prefer maybe to? fuck off oh god well and here's the thing is luckily i have been able to not have to do the road a lot which is what a lot of comics have to do once because they can't support yourself just doing stand-up in la for a lot of comics so they have to do a bunch of like road gigs which can be fun but at the same time can be awful (laughs) so luckily i haven't had to do a bunch of those and it's different for women like for men they get a they get a high off just going to another state performing where you have a bunch of like women lined up after shows like groupies who are waiting to like hang out with you or sleep with you or whatever party with you and for us like that's dangerous (laughs) like we can't we can't do that and but more importantly, men, a lot of men don't hit on women, female comics, after we perform. I think it's an intimidation factor that also comes along with that. So, like, the high that a lot of guys get from doing road gigs, we don't get. 
So for a lot of us, it's a safety issue. And it's a lonely thing to be on the road all the time. Mm. So luckily, I've only had to do I do road gigs with like when I feature for like Bobby Lee or my homie, like Roy Wood Jr. He takes me on the road with him. But like I haven't had to do a bunch of like headlining gigs by myself where I'm just Mm. in a lonely situation or an unsafe situation. So that's the part that I would like like to keep the performances, but get rid of the process of getting there, like the transportation, All right. the shitty We're, hotels that they put really you in. getting validation here as the drivers. We're now security guards <laughs> exactly. as well. See? See? Unpaid. Unpaid. See? Unpaid. Un- unpaid intern. A month minimum. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. Wait, Tommy could sort out your air con. He could install it. Yeah, I reckon See? I could. Yeah. You're already thinking of shit you can fix. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're solution focused, the people from, from Australia. Who's your favourite comic? Oh, Chappelle, hands down, is yeah. my has been my favorite probably since I saw uh, Killing Him Softly. That was his first special back in like 2002, maybe 2001, 2002. Fucked with him ever since, like hard. He's been my favorite. Um, but I did grow up like I remember watching like Sinbad as a kid and thinking, oh, my gosh, this is so funny. Carlin, I loved I loved Gary Shandling. Yeah, yeah, but Chappelle is my all-time. Yeah. We're filmmakers. That's, our, I guess, our trade. And, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, see someone that they love and then they start sort of imitating their work oh, and then yeah, people call them out and go, you're just trying to be this guy. Do you get that with your stuff? Like, no. Um, unless you're doing a Chappelle joke on stage. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I have referenced, like, because it is, like, you kind of just absorb. We're all sponges, right? So it's like... You will absorb something whether or not you even realize it at the time. So I've said like, and I just said it not too long ago. I said, because I just got food poisoning not that long ago yeah. while I was doing like a road mud gig. Butt. Mud butt. <laughs> and that is how I describe it is yeah. I said, I've got mud butt. And you listen, knew exactly. Yeah, yeah, but listen to what well, he calls my, it. I call it spitty bum. Spitty bum. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll try that instead yeah, so I, I won't have to like plagiarize. Yeah. But I, I actually like will say, if I say mud butt, I'll reference. I'll be like, that's from Chappelle. I'll like Really? So he like owns mud butt fuck. Probably not. I just yeah. don't want anyone because it's you knew what it was. So it's yeah. like, I'm sure you everyone's probably yeah. like. But I hadn't heard it in that context. No. I'm not very good with, oh. I've got a, a celebrity face blindness. I don't know any oh. celebrity. So LA isn't v- that impressive in the sense of I can walk the street and I'll know Hilarious. no one. We were, you, do you know who Post Malone is? Yeah. We're out, out the front of China uh, Chinese Tuxedo he in New right York. He was right there. I was like, holy shit, got to talk to him. They're like, who yeah. the fuck's that? I thought, Post like, Malone, I thought, he got tats on his face. Yeah. You can't miss him. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like Tommy just wanted a photo because he had tats on his oh, face. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't ask for photos, but if it's Post Malone, I, I get a photo. I'll get a photo. Yeah, yeah no, he's dope. He's dope. Uh, moving to LA, what are the. <laughs> everyone we speak to about uh, being in LA or New York, there feels like there's this real mix of emotions of love and hate. Oh, yeah. Where does it sit with you? Um, I am from New York originally, so that's where I grew up and spent the first like 10 years of my life. And I know I was a kid back then, but still like it was like that was like the years that molded my personality. And mm. I am who I am because of where I grew up as a kid. When you so say when New York, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was going to ask. Queens. Yeah. Okay. Queens. yeah. So it's on, is that just off the island or is that still a part of the... Manor? Oh, it's, it's a separate borough than the city. So if you were to go to New York City, you'd have to like hop a train and go to a completely different borough to get to Queens. Um, but it's still considered, you know, yeah. you know, New York. It's not like saying you some people say i'm from new york but they're like they're from upstate like come on that's not new york that's yeah. buffalo yeah. well yeah we did we did <laughs> a tra- we did a train ride to uh interview an author who was on 
uh, Hastings on Hudson, which was just a little bit further out near uh-huh. Yonkers or whatever. And that was like such a different vibe for New York City. Right, completely yeah. different, right. And so it's interesting getting that perspective of like, especially when you've got such a big area, right? how in every different part, it's like a, a different culture. It's a different, right. And that's what that's one of the things I love about New York. Um, but, you know, that's actually out here too, is like there's, cer- there's certain places in LA, like you've got your Hollywood proper, but then you've got these little nooks like Silver Lake, Echo Park, mm. Highland Park. I don't know if you guys have spent any time there, but they have so much of their own character that you feel like you're in a different, it gets really hipstery over on that part of town Um, and then you got you know the snooty Beverly Hills and then you go in the valley it's a completely different vibe so like you have that same kind of idea out here in LA and people complain about um, LA and not getting a lot of stage time so comics that are out here sometimes will go to New York or just even move to New York because they want to become a stronger comic because it's so saturated out here and it's out here The L.A. thing that bothers a lot of people, New York comics and comics that are from here, is that in L.A., they'll give like actors stage time because they're an actor or like someone who just has a name like Jeremy Piven just started doing stand up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why? Yeah. Mm. Why are you doing this now? Why are you taking up stage? And because he'll get a good spot, he'll get a better spot than me because of his name. It's like you aren't as funny as me. You haven't been doing this as long as me, so why do you think you can just walk on stage and be funnier than me and get a better spot than me? Reminds me so much of in Australia we have the same issue within the radio industry uh-huh. where reality show stars yeah, yeah, yeah. will go from being on The Bachelor yeah. and they'll get and like, like a national oh, show. Now I can host a talk show. No, you can't. That is a skill. Like someone yeah. has been, you're taking a spot from someone who's been doing this their whole entire life. But someone's saying yes, and why are they saying saying yes? Because they you know think? they're going to give views. Yeah. People are stupid. I say <laughs> Americans are so dumb and maybe Australians are as dumb as we are, yeah. but we will literally watch something for spectacle mm-hmm. as opposed to for the quality of what it is. So instead of being like, oh, I trust this person because they're actually a talent they're they'd rather see someone who who they know from like. I can't I don't even watch any reality show, so I can't even say. But like I I guarantee if Kim Kardashian came out with a talk show, she would have a million followers immediately watching that dumb show that I guarantee would not be interesting as opposed to someone who's been trained to be a host and to be funny and to interview people. They would go to that first. And it's like, come on. Yeah, we got to do better as a society. But look at our fucking president. So (laughs) do you think that's going to change? Do you think that as people are creating you know, podcasts and you, you, you're shaking your head. No, I, honestly, dire. I don't think. Yeah. And it's it's because of social media, it's gotten worse. Because, okay. you know, you've got people now that are Instagram famous and YouTube famous. <laughs> and I'm not saying that none of those people are talented. What yeah. I am saying is that it's a different kind of talent, though. So just because they have four million followers on Instagram doesn't mean they can do a live show and headline it. Doesn't mean they can host a, sh- a talk show or, you know, and or they can act. They are good at what they do, and maybe that's being funny for six seconds in front of a camera with editing, (laughs) right? (laughs) So it's like, we just have to be smarter. And like, yeah, again, some of those people can handle an acting role. Some of those people can are talented enough to do and like have interviews with people, and that's fine, but I think we just need to vet the people better. Um, But until that happens, I I don't, and I don't know how it's going to happen because they just want, at the bottom, at the end of the day, people just want money. They want asses yeah, and seats yeah. and they want views. Yeah. And they know that those people can get them views. But yeah. at the same time, how is, I feel like it's, it might be short-lived because how long is that? That's not really sustainable. Because mm. I know people that can, you know, sell out theaters doing, a, or a comedy club because they have a bunch of followers on Instagram, but their live show is terrible. Yeah. So it's like those people aren't going to come back to mm. see you live. What's 14 years ago when you got here? What's the, what's changed? So much has changed. Yeah. I mean... 
I had hope back then. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was president? <laughs> yeah. um, when I first came out, um, Bush had just got elected. Yeah. Or no, second term elected. Yeah. Because I was 2004 when I came out here. So Bush had gotten reelected. We got Florida, that whole Florida debacle. Yeah. And that uh, when we got the the votes were rigged. I remember the, the hanging chads. Remember that whole debacle? Yeah. Oh, you guys don't remember yeah. that. No, I do. Um, I do. Actually. It was so, I mean, yeah. you guys may have, yeah, it was so such a big deal. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I I started doing stand-up probably like in 2007. The first couple of years that I was out here, I was just trying to get acclimated to the to L.A. And I was just trying to make friends. And I was working like a day job and just paying rent and trying to figure out what my game plan was. And then uh, I just kind of fell into stand-up doing like uh, going to like a sketch group at the Laugh Factory. And then I kind of got introduced. I was like in a sketch group with Kevin Hart, Tiffany Haddish, like in a bunch of these other like David Arnold, like Chris Spencer, all these guys that have been around for so long. And that's how I started. And then, but back then, like live comedy was, I would say it wasn't, of course, as good as it was back, you know, like in the eighties, like when you could do like the tonight show and get a sitcom the next day. But I do feel like, I do feel like standup was making a comeback. Mm. I feel like I saw like it going on a steady incline And then the next thing you know, like YouTube hit and then it's like it started. That's when it started transitioning into now there's different mediums for people to be funny on. So that's when like people started butting heads like comics and these 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 online content creators started like butting heads because, you know, they started getting views and they're taking spots like in the comedy Mm -hmm. clubs. And it's like, you're not funny. You can't do 15 minutes. And then you haven't worked for it and you haven't worked for it. And so it's been that for it's been that for like. A long time now. That started happening probably like in 2009. Has anyone actually come in that way and become really good? At stand-up? That you know of? No. <laughs> no. We're because in trouble, I feel Josh. like they don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like, but not that you couldn't. Have they be- become good drivers? <laughs> yes, yes yeah, and, and fake security. <laughs> or, drug, or drug addicts. <laughs> we never, did we say fake security or are you yeah, starting no, to editorialise? That yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. I'll take fake unpaid. security. Unpaid <laughs> fake security is going on my... Will you endorse, at least endorse me on LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah, Please. sure. Yeah, okay, great. Thank you. And so, so, so you were saying that you fell into this stuff yeah, when you I were in LA? I didn't move out here to do stand-up. I moved out here because I knew I wanted to act and because I knew that I wanted to write for sitcoms and television. It's better than falling into porno. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens out here, right? That's plan F. Plan That's F. That's plan F. You're fine. Yeah. I'm still on plan A, good, so we're good. Good, good, Just keep it. So I think, yeah, I feel like plan F is, is so far removed from where I am right now. I think I'm good. Well, because good. there's so many people who like move to LA with the idea of making it. Yeah. You, is that like... Is that just a dream that's not worthwhile or is it? It depends. Yeah. Like for me, I can't say that it hasn't been for me because like I'm living my dream. Like I'm yeah. doing what I love and I'm like, I'm able to support myself just from stand up writing gigs and acting. Um, but I think you have, this is where delusion comes in the, into play because you have to be self-aware. And yeah. I saw myself, I knew, I knew that I had, I was funny from I was a kid, like when I was a kid. I got offered my first stand-up job when I was eight years old. <laughs> and I'm not even lying. Like we yeah. were at a restaurant for my mom's birthday. And I, I don't remember what I was saying, but the whole room was laughing at things I was saying. And the owner came out and was like, do you want to work here on Sunday nights doing stand-up? 
And of course, my parents were like, unpaid. no, she's ain't unpaid <laughs> as a fake comedian. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, can I do? And my parents, of course, were like, no, she's eight. That's ridiculous. So I did know that I I knew that I was funny all my life. Like as a kid, it was one thing I could do without even like trying. Like I could make people I could break tension and make people laugh. And so I went to college in uh, Ohio, Miami University, and I studied science. I was a science major. I studied dietetics and health. And right before I graduated, I was like, I don't think I want to pursue this Mm. as a career. I said, I'm too goofy. Like, I'm so silly. (laughs) I was. I was like, I have to work in a hospital for a year and I have to do an unpaid internship for a year. Like, kind of like you guys for me. (laughs) Uh, I would have to do that for a year. I'd have to pass an exam. And I was like, I don't want to work in a hospital. You mean there's an exam for us? Yes. Oh, wait. Just wait. I'll have that drawn up. I'll have my other intern draw that up for you guys by the time we're done with this podcast. Um, but yeah, so I was like, I don't see my, it's such a sterile environment to be in a hospital. And I was like, that's so sad and depressing. I was like, that's the the opposite of what I am. So I was like, you know what? What's the one thing I've always been able to do? I was like, I've always made people laugh. I was like, I'm silly. I think I can write. I was like, I think I can. And I've always, I used to take acting classes when I was in school and like, um, I always performed. I'd always, I used to sing in a cover band when I was in Cincinnati. Like I used, I was, I was always very like active and in front of people all the time. And I felt like that's something I can do. I feel like I can do that with confidence. So I was like, mom, dad, I think I want to move to LA and uh, pursue entertainment. And they were a hundred percent supportive, which That's is awesome. insane. My parents are amazing. Yeah, Both of but them they are still fantastic. Don't think you have a job. <laughs> oh, they still, they don't like they, 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 I don't know how they think I fully pay rent. Like I know they're probably thinking, Oh, she's probably still living off the tonight show money. I'm like, no, I blew through that in a week. Right. Like it's like, it's not like that, but yeah, the average person has no idea mm. how we, if they are not on television, they're just like, you must be living in a dump and like, you're probably living in your car and eating McDonald's. And I'm like, no, like not we get all paid. the time. <laughs> That's Friday. Right. Yeah. So like people don't understand that you can make a living like yeah. doing things behind the scenes like they don't know that where I'm performing every that I'm performing like most nights of the week and like bars and clubs and getting paid because they don't live here and they don't see it um so yeah they think all of us are struggling but no you can totally make a living off but it is difficult wait what was the original question I got so t- it was about the about your parents like what they thought that's what Tommy was asking but what I was what I've been thinking about is you know you're talking about safety as a female yeah. on the road and all that sort of thing what can dudes do with all, you know to be supportive without being weird with all of this shit like how how can yeah like just care yeah. like just ask like just ask if you if you're if you see that there's a woman who like was on stage and now she's done and you're like, you know, I have to walk through the parking lot to get to my car. Let, can I walk you to your car mm-hmm. just to make sure you're safe? What about beyond security and all that sort of thing? Like just to be supportive because like what if, like being a bloke who recognizes yeah. that there's a long way to go. Yeah. What, you know, what, what do we do? I mean, listening for is the best thing you could do. Like don't like I know a lot of guys are just like you start complaining about stuff we have to deal with as a woman and it's like eye roll you'll just see it or you can feel that they're just like sigh another woman complaining out how how hard it is to be a woman I'm like and you're not even being open and open to what we're saying yeah so it's like just listen I think is the most important um and believe us most of the time you know it's it's crazy the problem with like the me too thing and the hashtag believe women is like a lot of women lie right Mm, a lot of people lie people are humans you know we we're flawed people so to say you can believe every woman when we've obviously seen women 
that have lied about rape charges and lied about for whatever reason, attention purposes or whatever. But know that that is the minority, that when most women come to you and say, this is what happened to me or this is something I'm dealing with. It's probably true. Yeah. Unless that person is a crazy person. I mean, and that does happen. That can happen. But, you know, trust your judgment. Like if you know someone or have known them for a while and it's like they've never shown any weird behavior, no reason to distrust them before, then maybe I should listen to what she's saying. Yeah. 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 But listening, I think, is the most important thing. Uh There's a lot of creeps. They can just stay behind their keyboard. Yeah. 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 And just do that Zoom thing. That's, that's right. The, the, the people are getting a, a live pinch and, and yeah. Zoom. Hopefully they effect. hurt themselves doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Repetitive strain injury nipple, on their fingers. Nipple, nipple. <laughs> right. That and just give it like how you're having me on today as a woman, you know, just support women. Yeah, like yeah. you guys are doing it. Like you had me on and that, that's fantastic. A lot. There's so many people. I still see lineups today. It's like I did a show. I won't say what club it was maybe a month or so ago, they had three shows in a row and they just, they have like a rollover audience. So if you're there for the first show, they don't really tell you that the first show is over because they want that audience to stay and they'll yeah. start the second show and they'll yeah. do the same thing through the third show. Cause they just don't want to be honest and be like the show's over. Cause they think they might not have anybody left over for the last show. So they'll trick people. And so there Great was three shows. Model. <laughs> What'd you say? Great, Great business model. Tricking people. Tricking yeah. people. Deception yeah. always yeah. works. Right. Yeah. So, I was on the very last show, the third show, and I was second to last from the end. I was like, this, it was like me, one other comic, and then the, all the shows were done. I was the only woman mm. from, I think the show started at 7.30. It's going on 11 o'clock. So these people hadn't seen a woman, and I felt it. When I got on stage, I was talking for like three minutes and hadn't gotten one laugh. And I was like, why are you guys staring at me? Yeah. And I was like, am I the first woman you've seen tonight? And they were like... Yeah. Oh, you said that? I said, because I, yeah. I felt it. You can, you, I've gotten yeah. to this stage where you can go on stage and if people are looking at you like you're a fucking unicorn, but the word, and you're like, why are you looking? Oh, let me guess. I'm the first woman. Imagine if it had been all women up until that point and then one man comes on and you haven't seen a man for three hours. Yeah. You'd be like, what's happened? This is weird. The energy just changed and I don't know what it is. This is a person, but like, you'd be like, this is bizarre. So it changed the whole energy of the show. And I had to then make an announcement. And then once I addressed it and called out the elephant in the room, then and we could carry on. made a lot on. of dick jokes. Naturally, <laughs> about my own dick, of course. <laughs> and what did they say when you did? What's the, did you see a shift in energy? Oh, I did. Absolutely. Like, Cause that's what, and that's one thing I've learned in standup is that you, if something awkward's happening, you have to call it out, address yeah. it, and then you can move on, which is what Louis did not do. Yeah, <laughs> before yeah. he went when he goes you know he started performing again yeah. so he went and popped up in the cellar but then did a regular set as if nothing happened didn't address what he had been called out for and then also did a rape joke in his set oh yeah well, probably not probably not the best so it's just like if you had just called out and made fun of yourself and been honest mm. we would not be having this prop or and just apologize like in a way that we feel like you're remorseful for what you did but he didn't do any of that and you wonder why we have a problem with you how did mm. the set go um, it actually went, I heard it went well. Um, it's Louie. So he's yeah. always going to have fans regardless. Yeah. Um, but it pissed a lot of people off and made a lot of women uncomfortable. And, uh, so now the seller, which is where he popped up is like, they're under some, a lot of scrutiny right now for letting him up. And the owner's like, well, I didn't know. He just, he just went up and didn't tell anybody. I'm like, oh, you mean Louie didn't ask for consent? Interesting. <laughs> so, but like, <laughs> so now that club is catching a lot of heat because it's like, are you now setting the precedent for the rest of these clubs? Should we all let Louie come back? And it's like, 
Louis doesn't need to perform in clubs anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. Louis and everyone's like, well, what about his career? Louis don't need to perform in clubs anymore. Louis is at the level where he can produce his own stuff, mm-hmm. just like he has been doing. You can shoot a special and you can put it up on your own website. And guess what? You're going to make you're going to have millions of people going to watch it because you're Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're fine. <laughs> What yeah. you what who's not fine are people who are now triggered by yeah. your presence because and being enabling that right. as well that whole exactly that culture, that culture and knowing yeah. that I've got to sit in a green room with you and I'm uncomfortable now because you're sitting next to me. Yeah. Mm. So as a female comic, I mean, look at Joe Rogan's special, his latest one is yeah. like all about shit that triggers people. Right, right, right. Time. Right, right, right. Have you seen the the style that you're doing? Have you held back on stuff because you're like, I'm a woman and I need to be on their side, if you will. Right. Um, or it, seems, it can't seem to be, you know, going hard against this thing that's happening. I'm I'm one of those people that's not one of these extreme liberals that thinks that everyone is triggered by or should be triggered by everything. Like, yeah. I, I'm also a comic, right? Yeah. So it's like I, I'm not here for that cause. I'm not here for censoring what people say because even if things are said that hurt, that, that hurt somebody, something comes from that. Someone learns something or, you, you know, you change what you do now because you realize you, you said something. But if I didn't say it, then I wouldn't know. And I just have that inside and I no one learned anything from it. So it's like I'm a huge fan and proponent of people just saying how they feel when they feel it. And that's fine. Um, if if it hurts somebody, then that's what happens in that moment. I mean, that person can apologize. But to stop somebody from saying something just because it might trigger somebody Mm. is crazy so like i don't let that affect like yeah of course there's certain things i won't say on stage just for just to not be irresponsible like you know referring to gay people as the f word i will not say that then again i never (laughs) correct (laughs) i i never like said that i never used that word before so that wasn't hard but the one that and i talked about this on rogan's for me was the word tranny because Mm. i didn't know I didn't understand that it was such a, a, a diminutive word to use towards. I didn't. I didn't realize that. I just thought it was like a cute way to refer to transgender people. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Growing up, that's right? All, that's what I. And thought. we grew up with it, so it's just been that past shift over the past like four or five years that we've been learning that we can't. And I, I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not going to fight to continue to use this word. Mm. It's so stupid. It's a yeah. waste of energy. Yeah, I think you, you, f- you feel when something isn't quite right, but then it's like we're living in this world where it's like gauging whether that feeling's coming from this external pressure, right? Or it's just a legit feeling. Right. I, I know that. You can't use the F word. You can't use, I can say fuck, but, you know, the F word. But a whole bunch of other words, I just know. Right. I feel it. You feel like, and then, and, what, and then it's like, why do I feel the need to use this word? Well, changes too. I remember in 08, everything was a that's what she said moment. And <laughs> oh, then it yeah. just like slowly moves away. Like I was in um, the Netherlands catching up with a relative who I hadn't seen in like seven years. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's what she said. He's like, Oh, you taught me that. Remember? <laughs> I was like, Oh no, bro. That was like, I was fucking, I was like 18. And that was like, there's a school of thought around, let the racist be racist because then you'll know who the racist exactly. is. And when does it blend between free speech and in America, I think the, the term free speech in America is a lot more loud than Australia. We don't really have that. It's not. Oh, really? Well, yeah, I, I think it's starting to. The we don't have like the first it. amendment stuff. No. Like it's all the, oh, yeah, yeah. so I think that becomes a, a big part of it right. as well. And when, when does free speech come into it for you? Um, well, like it's it's all free speech for us, you know. Com- our work is having the freedom to say what we want. Like there have been comics that have gotten fined in other countries for saying things. Like I know, I forget who was this, this comic who was performing in Canada, and he got fined for saying something. And I'm like, 
You do put down a, poutine or something. What was the what did right? You do? Who did he, right? He had some <laughs> some bit negative bit about poutine, yeah. right? Or Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember what he said, but it's like I'm always gonna be a, say you have we have to embrace freedom of speech. Like we have to. Like at what point we're going backwards at this point? If we're if we're saying you can't say this and you can't say that, so mm. you what know about the Trump stuff. Can you go there? Like, do you think twice before going there? Because you got to think I, about audience as well, right? It's like, who am I talking to right now? What's crazy is that there are Trump people everywhere. <laughs> Undercover. I, it's like North Korea, little abs- fucking spies. It's true. Like yeah. you would never, you would think like we're in LA. Yeah. Like with the most liberal melting pot. No, there are Trump supporters. Well, it's entertainment, know, baby. It's like <laughs> they, they love the apprentice. They voted for Trump. Yeah. Same spray tan lady. That's why. <laughs> tan lady. Right. Exactly. The tan mom. Yeah. yeah so like it's. And but I don't I personally do not talk about politics that much on stage be, right now because. But that's your next special. Yes. Politics. All politics <laughs> with my two yeah. interns behind Security me right? <laughs> holding flags behind me. I I stay away from it just because it was exhausting yeah. because it was never and never has it been as polarizing as it is now. Like before you could talk about politics, you could joke about Republicans and Democrats and everyone would just laugh. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, we get it. We could, you could make fun of George W. Bush and yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, he is not the smartest president. We like, you could laugh, but now it's like, it's, it's gotten so far beyond that. We're not just talking about a president who's not just the brightest president. You can't deny at this point that he is a racist and <laughs> that he is a misogynist and that, uh, you know, he's a xenophobe, like all of these things. And he's tra- we've seen this, he showed us. So it's like, I can't, I can't, to, to argue that you have so many, it's just heated on both sides. And I cannot, I can, I don't feel like fighting like that on stage right now. I don't have the energy to yeah, try yeah. and you're not going to change anybody's mind. Yeah. Like you're just going to, ha- you're going to get heckled. You're going to be fighting with audience members. And it's like, I don't want, and now that changes the whole energy well, of the show. It's no longer comedy. It's just some fucking debate. It's a debate. Yeah. And right. And some comics are fine. Like Rick Ingram is one of my friends, a very funny comic who's who's always at the comedy store. He does a lot of crowd work and a lot of it is like making fun of Trump. But he also he he doesn't just make fun of Trump. He'll make fun of like the Democrats and he like covers all all sides to me. It's kind of like South Park where it's like they're not just picking on one, which is why it's so brilliant (laughs) and how you can get everybody to like like, be on the same page. Right. Right. He finds a smart way to do it. But for me, it's just like, eh, I don't even feel like being bothered right now. Yeah, Maybe yeah. when it cools off a little bit. But when you were talking about like the YouTubers or, you know, people who have come from a different area and started doing stand up, did you ever feel, say, doing Jimmy Fallon or going on Joe Rogan, that it does something to your career that yes. is out of your control? Yes. But then you get that same vibe from other people where it's like, ah, well she just is getting this bit because she was on this show. Of course. And Mm. like, what's the, how is that, uh, how's that changed the way you approach things or think about the whole thing? Well, like getting those things and like getting past the store, getting my name on the wall. Like those are all things that validate that I'm not crazy, right. (laughs) That I'm like doing something that other people have now have recognized. I'm also good at. So it's given me the confidence, more confidence um, to know that I'm doing the right thing and I'm moving in the right direction. I need to just keep staying with and be persistent. Um, And as far as the other people, like I definitely got pure respect from that. But of course, there are people hating and people talking like, oh, she probably got this because she's a woman. She's a woman of color. She probably. But I've been. I've been doing Santa for a decade now. <laughs> so it's like, and these things are just now starting to happen. Yeah, yeah. So like, you can say that shit to me 
if I had been doing this for two years. Yeah, absolutely. But I've been grinding. I've been busting my ass. I've been doing, you know, driving to road gigs and doing whatever to not get paid any just to get stage time. So like you can say that, but that's not a valid argument. Like I didn't, I've not gotten anything yeah. because I'm just a woman. Yeah. Maybe that would be the case if I was like sleeping with a bunch of like bookers of shows and whatever, or flirting with, but nah, like, you know, you can look at me and it's just like, you can hear the way that I carry myself. It's yeah. like, guys aren't like That's coming at vibe. her like that. Cause I <laughs> chop dudes down. <laughs> I do. I, we, we don't let dudes live. Me and my friend, Amanda Seals, we talk about this all the time. Like we just like are, we have a, we have a very tough exterior. So it's like, you can tell what people are genuine and you can tell what people are like manipulating the system to get things because they're a woman. And we're not those type of chicks. Like we want to get this, the, if we want to be treated like men, then we need to be out here working in these streets like men do. And we're out here hustling, not blowing, giving blowjobs to get spots. Like I'm getting this because I'm funny. Is that happening? It always happens. Yeah. Always happens. Yeah. Oh, that's net that. So that's something that's Maybe never going to go away. Maybe we could be comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's like, how much cock hang do on, I need to say? Well, that could be the one. That's how I can pay you is in blowjob <laughs> lessons. <laughs> it's no, not unpaid no, internship it, after it, all, yeah, guys. If, yeah. If there's any education, like I feel like Tommy's already sorted. I think he's, he's I'd, already, I'd still have to do the comedy. That's the problem, guys. Yeah, exactly. That's, I get my name up on the fucking wall. Yeah. Talking to Jimmy Fallon. But Fuck it's still, that. I'd, I'd be scared shitless. I, like I I to be honest, I see from the time you were on Rogan, just following you on social media, I kind of seen you like putting up stuff with your name up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, is that the result of... Yeah, I mean, yeah, but and it's one of those things where it's like... It's timing. It's preparation it meets opportunity, yeah. right? That's exactly what it is. So yeah. it's like this stuff is all going to... That stuff was going to happen eventually. Yeah. And yes, maybe doing like Rogan's thing, you know, catapulted it a little bit. Yes, of course. It's like... But I have complete faith that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. Like my name is on... like. I, I tweeted when my name got on, they put the, my name on the marquee of the comedy store and everyone's like, that's, that's fantastic. Congratulations. And I was very excited to see that. But those people who were congrat don't know that my name is already like on the wall <laughs> right next to like Judd Apatow and like all these other comedians, like Seinfeld's name prior, like it's on the wall, which means more than getting your name on the marquee. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like that was my first, it was just my first time on the marquee. Mm. So to me, that was a very special moment for me because I was like, Oh, like people can really see my name up here now. Yeah. So like, it was, that was definitely a moment where it's just like, again, like this is all, everything I'm, I'm envisioning for myself is happening. Cause I, I believe in manifestation. I believe in like, I meditate every morning. So it's like, I visualize things and things that I'm visualizing are actually like coming to fruition. As so long it's as like, you're not visualizing a guy just, you know, pinching the screen. <laughs> I don't have to visualize that, man. It's, <laughs> it's happening, happening on its own. It's already, it's been happening. <laughs> These nipples, man. The, the, the podcast. It's my dad's nipples. <laughs> The podcast, um, you know, how, where do you see that playing in the sense? Is that just like a, a fun thing for you to do? Is it actually, could you imagine that one day that you're like, yes. you're just doing podcasting or you're doing like broadcast as a thing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it, it started out being another outlet for me to just be funny and tell jokes and entertain people. And then, but then I, yeah, you see people making a living off of their podcast and I'm not there with mine by any means yet, but you know, I got a bunch of followers after doing Rogan's podcast and like he said he'd have me back. So it's like, Oh good. I'll be back. So it's like, that's even more people are going to come. So it's like, I'm going to get t-shirts, mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to, I'm going to take full advantage of this opportunity. 
just get shirts with nipples, <laughs> giant nipples on them <laughs> that I sell as merch like afterwards. Hashtag on a hat and shit. <laughs> my daddy's nipples. <laughs> my daddy gave me these nipples. And so, yeah, so I do eventually see it. I want it because we, we do take video of it as well, but we, we're releasing that separately. So it's like if you want to pay like a little every month, you can see the video of it as well. Is it like so, on Patreon or how you doing it? It is Patreon. Yeah. Yep. So we're starting to do that. And uh, I don't ever want to stop doing stand up and other like I don't want to get to the point where like my podcast is the only thing that I do. Yeah. But I always I would like to have it there, of course, just as like because it's fun. And I I get to talk to people that I don't necessarily know that well or have who, people who feel like necessarily can't talk about certain things. Even comics, we get weird about talking about certain things. Like I yeah. comics come on the, on my podcast and they're like, I have never talked about this before, yeah. but for some reason I feel like it's okay in this, in this setting to talk about this. So then, and then they'll say it and it's like, so I'm giving people an outlet to now, come up with potential new material for them to take to the stage because now yeah. they feel comfortable that they've talked about this weird thing that they're dealing with and now they can, you know, make jokes about it. It's momentum. Like this, us doing, you know, nearly 200 episodes now, it's, it, it, we're talking every day and it's stimulating the creative side and ideas right. are flowing. So I could imagine it's the same. Is same. it like pre-production for you for on stage? Like do you find Absolutely. that you're actually... Absolutely. I'll say something in a riff just to Mal or to whoever the guest is and I'm like, oh, that was funny. Let me write this down. And yeah. then so I'll take it and I'll try it out on stage. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just not ready yet. It'll say something. I'll keep it in my phone and I'll revisit it like a year from now. I was like, oh, now I know where to go with this. Yeah. So, yeah. What is the writing process look like for you? Um, it's interesting because it's changed. It's evolved. Uh, it used to be me sitting in front of my computer, just forcing things to come out. Like that's how when I first started, I'd be like, this is weird. And I'd write <laughs> it down and then I would try to work on a bit about it. Or this thing happened to me. Let me write this down and then try to make a bit that's funny from it. And now it's, I find my, it's weird. And I know it's going to change even now from where I am right now. It's going to change. It could change like six months from now. But the place I find myself Should writing the most. Should be having us doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so you guys are my yeah. unpaid writers now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, fake writers? Are we from, a fake writer? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you a, a real writer credit yeah, for You this. dictate to us and we'll yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like fucking Siri. Hands Just written written by. by. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't call us Siri, I'm cool. <laughs> You're fine with it. Yeah, Perfect. I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, so yeah, I find myself getting inspired now while I'm in the club, mm-hmm. when I'm in the comedy clubs, not the club, not like <laughs> the, not the, <laughs> look at those nipples. No, I, I find myself in the comedy club. Like it's very bizarre and it's kind of frustrating because I'm only in the clubs at night. Yeah. So it's like when I try to get stuff done during the day, writing wise, it's been tough for me in this particular at present moment, but I'll go to the club and then I'll like be looking at my set list and then, and I don't know if it's just the energy from other creatives just being around me, but an idea for something will come and then I'll just try it out like while I'm on stage. And it, it's perfect in that, in that I can like have this, I thought, and then I'll just go out there and try it. But cause and then I'll get an immediate reaction and I'll, I'll know whether or not immediately if it works or if it doesn't. But it's frustrating again because it's like I'm not always in the club. Like yeah. as you can see, I'm here right now. So well, it's, it's like the pressure. It's the pressure of it. Like I can relate to that where it's like you procrastinate until the very last second yeah. to try and, and create a, that moment. And there, but there, and then in that there is some inspiration that does come. Not all the time, but it's come for me for some weird reason. It's been happening a lot now. Like I'll, I'll just be sitting there like in the back listening to another comic, and I'll be looking at trying to figure out what what jokes I want to do, and then I'll just be like oh shit and then it'll something will click and it's very bizarre and I don't know why it's been happening but 
I want to get back to the part, the point where I'm getting inspired just in my daily life. But for mm. some reason, that's been stunted for some reason. I don't know why. Is there, is it snarky at all? Like the, the scene here? Like, uh, yes, it is. Oh, it's uh, awful. <laughs> yeah n- comedians are trash people uh it's why is it insecurities what insecurities it's con- competition everyone thinks especially when you're a woman and you're like competing for so many few spots it's like they think that there's because you're a woman and you're doing this like if that weren't for her that could be me yeah, and yeah. it's like even if it wasn't me who knows it would be you we don't yeah. know so it's like can Seems we stop like being a losing mindset though right oh, like long term for them it's, to actually like think course, that way of course and like i said i told i, I believe 100 percent in manifestation so it's like if you keep thinking that that's what you're going to get yeah. so it's like mm. you have to change that mind thought to uh to to grow and to become more successful um but yeah no a lot of like it's just a lot of pettiness. I don't. I'm. I keep to myself. I'm a comic that definitely keeps to myself more than uh, hanging out with a bunch of other comedians. I have got certain comics that I consider my friends, and there's most comics that I consider acquaintances, people that I work with, and that who I will never get close to because you're a toxic person. Yeah. And that's there's so many toxic people. Is it clear in your mind, friend? Like I've always struggled to understand when someone's oh, a he's friend. Oh, he's got a struggle. We've this, gone this, into this. Oh, he's struggle. Now it's evolved into here's my the, podcast. Here's, here's yeah, yeah. The struggle. You can take this episode and post it if you want. <laughs> the, the struggle is understanding when, like, where someone fits in the sense of friendship. Like when I yeah. hang out with someone, like I might meet someone at a coffee shop. They'll take my order. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll then say, "Oh, my mate just gave me my co-, like they're already my friend." <laughs> And it's taken Facebook me, mates? Yeah, yeah. We're on Facebook. Yeah. Like I'm poking them already on Facebook type of deal. Hilarious, yeah. And <laughs> do you have an actual structure? Like a vetting it, process? Yeah, in your mind where it's like, okay, this is my friend versus this is someone who I work with. Well, what he's saying is, are we friends yet? Are we friends <laughs> yeah, exactly. yet? Or are we I'm, just in no, I just wanted to know why you haven't friends. accepted me on Facebook. <laughs> have I not? No, I he haven't added you yet. No, oh, I've, I've gotten say, so gun I shy over the years. Don't check Facebook yeah. very often. Yeah. Fuck, you've already got the line ready for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not on Facebook. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Facebook. I hate Facebook. Let's well, that's put how that we got there. you on the show. because I, I know, you I know. But I just, I hate it because it's gotten so, first of all, I just feel like it's like, for old people, you know, yeah. I feel like the younger people are on Instagram and Twitter mm. and even Twitter is getting so annoying now because of, you know, it's just turned all political and like yeah. no one's telling. I used to be on there and just t- tell jokes. Yeah. Now I can't. Everyone's like, people what are, does that mean? Not even, yeah, what is it? This is making me laugh. What is this feeling I'm having? This joyful feeling. I, did like, so, I did like your tweet about um, Kavanaugh having resting rape face. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very topical. Very topical. And yet he's appointed into our Supreme Court. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so f- social yeah. media is complicating the friendship things. What? It, yeah. What uh, about in, what does a friend in real mean life? To you? Yeah. In real life, so my friends, they, it is kind of like I know immediately whether people can. I cry. Yeah, go on. I can feel it. Yeah, you, you yeah. need to calm down. Because <laughs> I'm hearing you smiling so big right now. It's like, yeah, we're friends, right? Because I'm feeling it too. So this is really, <laughs> this is fucking great. I love you. I mean, what? Yeah, did you also going to say it? But to be fair, I'm I, getting, feel I do way. get really cool vibes from you guys. Just uh, FYI. Because yeah. I'll meet somebody and I've gotten to the point now where I like, I feel like energies of people. I yeah. think we all do, but I think we ignore it a lot of the time. Mm. Um, but like, I... And I also think it's because I'm surrounded by so many crazy people from being in this industry is that I can, I can, if, pe- if I'm uncomfortable around somebody, that's not 
a mistake. Like if yeah, I feel like I'm yeah. walking on eggshells around you, there's a reason for that. It's like something about you. Your energy is weird. You're a little crazy. And so <laughs> I immediately I can tell that. Yeah. Immediately. Like there is a person I'm not going to say their name, but I met her probably two years ago and I never felt comfortable around her. Mm -hmm. Never felt comfortable. But then some of my other friends were telling me, oh, no, no, she's cool. She's cool. You could. No, no, she's she's dope. So I started hanging around this person. Here we are two like a year after me being cool with her. Like I met her two years ago. I started being cool with her probably a year ago and she showed her true colors like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. She did something and like to me and didn't acknowledge it, didn't apologize when it was like called for. And I was just like, Oh, so my gut was right. Like yeah. I knew, I knew I, this showed her character and I was like, I knew this the whole entire time and I'm never going to not trust myself just mm. because my friend said, Oh, you can be cool with this person. So it's like, Unfortunately, like it takes time to to see whether or not you can be cool with someone or not, because, you know, like I said, people show their. I, I know a friend who just stopped being friends with a friend she's known for 30 years. They were like best friends. And now they're not friends anymore because she showed her her cards and it yeah. was like, wow. So it's like I think it's one of those things where it's like you don't ever fully know if someone's really your friend because you don't know how they're going to behave until certain circumstances happen. But my friends that I've had in my life are my friends that I've had for like years. Like yeah. the people that I call friends have not been my friends for under three years. And have they fucked up and then you've forgiven them because it's more than that? Or is it one of those like, um, or are they consistent? Do you think that if someone in your life has created drama, yeah. you know, is it is it time to shut the door? Or do yeah. we, I worry sometimes that like maybe we shut the door too, too, too quickly on people who might just have fucking mental health issues. Issues, right. Um, so what I do, and I have one of my best friends had mental problem, mental health issues, and now she's much better now. <laughs> mental health issues sounds way better than mental problems. Mental problems. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch was crazy. And <laughs> so like, and she had many, many moments where it's like, it was, a, it was heavy for me. Like, ugh. I don't know if I can deal with this person because like she has so many mental issues, <laughs> but because she meant so much to me from our previous history, I was like, I'm not just going to dispose of this person because yeah. we're having a rough patch right now. We're going to stick it through. And she's gotten much better mm. and still one to this day, one of my best friends. But I think it's not so much in the action of whether or not you should cut off a person. It's in the reaction to that action. So like if that, if a person, for example, the person that I was talking about that I kind of am like cool on now because she showed me her true colors. She, if she had, she did this one thing, but if she had reacted to that properly, I would have forgiven her, mm, yeah. but she didn't even do that. You did this thing and then you didn't even follow up with a yeah. correct response yeah. of acknowledging what this did to me and how this made me feel. So it's like, now I know that, yeah, I don't matter to you. Yeah. So I can put you, and I don't think that's, again, I think it's in the reaction. So it's like, yeah. you'll know if yeah. you, if the person does something and they fucked up and then they apologize and you feel it's genuine. Yeah. We can move forward. I was wrong. Mm. Right. We can move forward. But if, if, if they can't even do that, what are we, what are we salvaging? Yeah. I, I, my, my longest friends, I've got probably three that are super, Super long, like twenty year friends, and and they're not the best friends at times, but they're consistent in their the way they are, and I love them yeah, for yeah. who they are. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's like you know, one's always late, and one you know, they're just, consistent in their shittiness. <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, yeah. This, this and I and I don't hold it on them, and I think 
like new friendships can be volatile because you're looking and holding things on them. Expectations. Yeah, and you don't have the time. You right. don't have that consistency yet right. played out. You're like, I don't have time for this right now. Like, yeah. I've got these other friends that are fuck-ups <laughs> that are already yeah. occupied yeah. Which, most of my time. Which maybe it is like... <laughs> I have nothing else to give. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. I've got no more energy. Having long-term friends is hard because it takes time, right? And so maybe there is like... It's weird. As I've got older, my friends have usually been around work. It's been yeah, around yeah. the shit that I do. Yeah. And I mean, so, that makes sense. And so it just, it's a different dynamic. Yeah. I, I get the struggle. It's, it's interesting. Um, communication is very important. Like, it's key in every relationship, whether it's a friendship relationship, someone you're dating, or a family member, you know, even coworkers. You're all in relationships. So it's just important to make sure that you're communicating. That's all that it is. Um, I Speaking of, like, talking about crazy people, like, in L.A. attracts the worst kinds of people. But, like, there was a dude who I was, like, dating who I, it ended t- terribly. <laughs> it ended terribly. If you listen to the podcast, you probably heard the story. But um, And then when I tried to talk to him not that long ago, he was like, no, I don't do that. I'm like, talk? And he was like, <laughs> yes. And he was like, no, I don't do that talk well I was like well okay so you're gonna be lonely for the rest of your life I was like you have to communicate with people and you have to be able to have conversations to to I want to talk to you because I want to make sure we're okay because we were friends first and now we dated and now we're done and I want to go back to being friends but I don't know if I can with this person because he don't know how to communicate and he's just immature and it sadly it ended and it's just like it didn't have to be this way but but that's the person I had to cut happens. out of my life because yeah. you don't know how to behave. Like you don't know how to act like an adult and have a conversation. Like he literally <laughs> said, I don't want to have, isn't it? it could, yeah. Not being able to have a conversation is sort of makes it very difficult. That's everything. <laughs> yeah. With uh, being a host of a podcast, what have you learned about communication? <laughs> um, I would say that, like I said, I mean, it's, it's obviously necessary in every, every entire relationship, but that it's so easily, it's so easy to, uh, misconstrue something. Mm -hmm. Um, you can say one thing and then it gets interpreted to somebody else just based upon how they grew up or whatever. It could mean something completely different to somebody. So it's like the, so many things can get lost in translation. Cause I've had people hit me up and send me a message about something I said on the podcast. And it's like, now I got to clarify. So it's just like, it's really interesting how people interpret things we think we're saying one thing and we assume that everyone's absorbing it in the same way but they're not so it's just good to be clear do you get gun shy then no <laughs> double no. down yeah yeah <laughs> double Fuck down. this guy yeah like i said like i said yeah no it just you you took it in a way that i didn't intend yeah. so it's it's intention is what matters like it's not the word or whatever we say necessarily it's how we meant it and that's what's getting so you know uh clouded with this pc and the ultra liberals saying we can't say this and this and this and it's like it's not the word why are we so focused on the word it's the intent behind the word yeah absolutely candace thompson thank you so oh, much for like hanging out fun. with us and this now you've, you've got to come me. to australia and then i can, would love to yeah have you actually ever thought about doing it is, absolutely is it, okay great yeah, no australia is on my vision board okay. international comedy festival yeah, Melbourne. Oh, is that Mel- the one in that's Melbourne? The- yeah, that's yeah, like the big huge. one. Yeah. Well, then I got to do that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you, <laughs> well, you can't. Yeah. You've got roadies. Yeah, exactly. Well, You've yeah, got us. Yeah, we can drive you around. We can. 
Which is, we'll learn to fly a plane and Fantastic. we'll do the whole. Fantastic. I always wanted the, to do a the, private jet thing. Yeah. You can do uh, that. Not private jet, yeah. more of a plane. Like yeah. more sort well, of I'm not propeller. interested anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> when I daily. come there, you have somehow better manifested a private jet for me because otherwise you guys are fired. It's the daily talk show, Jokes by Candace. Yes, that, that's, that's my, on, my social media. On the socials. Have a good one, guys.